Well, good morning. morning. (laughs) It's good to be here with you. Uh, I haven't told you lately, I love you, and it's so good just being with my my church family. Uh, We need each other right now, amen? That's it, we need each other right now. Um, If you're a guest, I also wanted to say, hey, warm welcome to you. We're so glad you're here. We love you as well. Um, I know we still have people watching online. We've seen roughly, we have about 100 views a week online from our Facebook and our YouTube um, online ministry. And so, hey, I want you to know if you're, if you're family watching online, um, individual watching online, we love you as well. I'm just glad uh, we're all in this, uh, these crazy times together. Uh, we need this series we're in. We're in a series right now called Encountering Jesus. And we've said right now what our world needs is they need a Jesus encounter. We said even our community right here in our neck of the woods needs a Jesus encounter. And I said last week, I need a Jesus encounter. I need a Jesus encounter each and every day of my life just to keep me on the right path. And so that I can experience um, all that God wants for me, all that God has for for my life. And I want that for you too. So it's very fitting that we're in this series. This morning, we're going to be looking at a story I've titled uh, The Gentile Mother, sometimes called The Gentile Woman, um, sometimes called The Canaanite Woman, because this this woman's from from Canaan. Um, But what we're going to see is this woman is going to have a desperate need in her life. And she's going to come to Jesus, and she's going to make that need known. But what we're also going to see is Jesus is not going to answer her request, at least right away. And what I hope we learn today is that our heart in the matter of prayer matters. God, maybe the more than we've thought about, more than we realize, cares about what's going on in our heart when we come before him in, in, in prayer, I heard a story recently about a young uh, boy who was spending the night at his grandma's house, and his grandma had prepared a nice little room for him. And that night, uh, he knelt at his bedside, and he put his little hands together, and he said, God, I want a new bicycle for my birthday. Well, his older brother was there, and uh, his older brother said, you know, little brother, uh, you don't have to be so loud when you pray to God. God has great hearing. And he said, I know God does, but grandma's in the other room, and she doesn't. (laughs) Some of you got that. Um, You know, our heart, his heart was not necessarily in the right place. Our heart is not always in the right place when it it comes to prayer, but, you know, it really does matter. In fact, we're going to see this morning that uh, God is actually looking for some things on our end when, when we come to him in prayer. I think this story teaches that um, there are some conditions even that God is, is looking for in our, on our part before he answers some of the promises and prayer requests uh, he has uh, for, for our, our life. Now, please don't hear me wrong when it comes to salvation uh, and receiving uh, heaven and eternal life, all that. Uh, that is, uh, of course, an unconditional gift that we receive simply based on what Christ has accomplished for us, his life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, all that, intercession. Um, but I do think to experience some of the promises of the Bible, and sometimes when we come before God with certain requests, God is going to be looking for some things on, on our part. And, and maybe some of you have come in here today, and you've been praying a prayer. You, you've, you've, you've had a desperate need in your life that you have taken to God. 
And maybe that prayer hasn't been answered yet. Well, if that's you, I'm really, really, really glad you're here today. For others of us, my hope is that maybe you need to start going to God and asking for his blessing and his favor on your life more. Okay, so I'm going to be looking at Matthew 15. We're going to look at the story of the Gentile mother. Uh, In verse 21, we read this. It says, leaving that place... Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon, okay? So just to stop right there, um, it says Jesus is leaving that place. What place? Well, Jesus at this point in his ministry had been doing uh, ministry uh, around the Sea of Galilee. This is Jewish territory, okay? But Jesus is now going to leave Jewish territory, and he is going to head into Gentile territory, what was known as the land of Canaan, or what might be called pagan territory, because the people of Tyre and Sidon, they don't worship Yahweh. So Jesus is now leaving, doing ministry to Jewish people to engage people who aren't Jewish. Verse 22, we read, a Canaanite woman, so a woman from this Gentile region, from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And so this this Gentile woman, this, this pagan woman, she's heard about this Jesus. She's heard about this man who has healed people. She's heard about this man who has cast demons out of people who were demon-possessed. And it's very interesting what she refers to him as. She says, Lord, son of David. Uh, Here she is referring uh, to his being the Messiah, the, the one the Jewish people were waiting for to usher in the kingdom of God. And here this pagan woman is acknowledging that he is the Messiah, that he is the Christ, and and she is recognizing, perhaps not fully, but she is recognizing that where Jesus goes, good things happen. And that Jesus is able to usher in good things. That he is able to bring the kingdom. And this woman wants the kingdom in her life. She wants the kingdom in her daughter's life. She wants the kingdom in her home. She wants to experience God's goodness in her life and in her home. And we can only imagine a parent, you know, plight, who has a daughter who is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And so here she comes to Jesus asking for his help. So, okay, so Jesus hears this, right? And Jesus is going to have mercy on her. Jesus is going to take pity on her, and he's going to answer her prayer. Verse 23 says, Jesus did not answer a word. Whoa. Jesus gives this woman the silent treatment. Maybe that's how it feels for some of us today. Maybe you've been praying about something. Maybe you've been praying for a child or a grandchild or someone else you care about. Maybe you've been praying for some other need in your life, and and it's just been silence. You haven't seen the kingdom of God moving. And maybe you're wondering, where where is God, and why, why would God allow that to happen? And then we read, so his disciples, he came to him and, and urged him, urged Jesus, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. In other words, the disciples at this point, they're annoyed with this woman. She keeps crying out. And they're just like, Jesus, this is getting old. Please tell this woman to leave. Tell her to go away. 
by the way, uh, something I, I, I've recognized uh, just in Christian circles and in the church is, you know, some of us, we are so hungry for God and so desperate for God's goodness and his presence and his help in our life that sometimes we even maybe slightly annoy or maybe other Christians don't fully understand what we're going through and maybe why we're so hungry for God. I remember when I first became a Christian, again, coming out of drug addiction, uh, I was so hungry for God and his goodness and his help in my life. I remember sitting down with people. I didn't really want a lot of small talk. I, I didn't want to talk sports. I didn't want to talk politics. I just wanted to talk about Jesus because I was hungry for Jesus in my life. But I've learned that not everybody, even Christians, good-meaning Christians, always understand that. And if that's you, I just want to encourage you. If you're going through something like that, and you're like, why am I so hungry? And I look around, and I'm, it's because God's doing something special in your life. Be encouraged by that. Now, God has balanced me out a little bit since then, and perhaps he'll balance you out too, but don't be discouraged by that. Be encouraged. That's the spirit moving in, in your life. So even the disciples, they don't get this woman and why she's so desperate for Jesus, and so they want Jesus to send her away. Verse 24, Jesus answered, again, saying this to this woman, he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And I was sent only to the lost sheep that, who are, of those who are Jewish. Let me ask you a question. Is that true? Did Jesus just come for the lost sheep of Israel? I hope not. Because most of us in here today aren't Jewish. Most of us in here today are Gentile. We're not Jewish. How many of you eat bacon? <laughs> How many of you eat pork chops? You're probably not Jewish. Some of you might be Jewish, and you're like, I still eat bacon. I still eat pork chops. But most of us in here today aren't Jewish. We're Gentiles. So I look at this statement. And say, Jesus says, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Why does he say that? This is not a true statement. When we read elsewhere in the Bible, Ephesians 3, 6, for example, it says, and this is God's plan. It says both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share, what's that word? Equally, equally, there's not the haves and the have-nots, there's not the A team and the B team here. They share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body, talking about the church, and both enjoy the promises of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. When Jesus gave his life and died, it was to usher in blessings for both Jews and Gentiles. So again, I ask this question, why would Jesus make this statement if it's not true? Maybe it's because he's testing her faith. And maybe some of you are here today, and God is testing your faith. Verse 25, it says, The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. And she's desperate. She doesn't walk away after Jesus' statement. Now she comes to him, kneels down. Lord, help me. He replied, Is it not right to take the children's bread and toss it? To the dogs. Whoa. Again, he's saying that the Jewish people are like the children of God and us Gentiles, we are like dogs. And it's not right to take the blessing that belongs to Israel and give it to those outside of, of Israel. Uh, friends, can we just admit, because some commentators and others want to like soften this up and make it not sound so bad, but can we just be honest? You hear it? It's, it sounds a little harsh. 
This is harsh. But you know what I've learned? Sometimes God does seem harsh. Sometimes life is harsh. Sometimes our relationship with other people, it's harsh. And sometimes it just seems like, God, where are you? And he can seem like a harsh God. I, I, I became a Christian for the first 10 years as a Christian. I suffered deep, dark depression. And every day I would wake up, Lord, just help me feel a little better. Just help this to be a good day. I just want to have a good day. One good day. 10 years. And God seemed a little, a little harsh. And I found myself wondering, where, where is God? But he, here's, here's what I learned. Am I going to listen to my feelings and what my feelings are telling me? Because my feelings wanted me to walk away and say that God's not going to help me and, and there must not be anything to this God. Am, am I going to listen to my feelings or am I going to live by faith? Am I going to live by how I'm feeling or am I going to live by faith? And friends, that's a choice. And I think God wants to know, are we going to live by our feelings? Are we going to live by faith? Verse 27, she says, yes, it is, Lord. Again, he's asked her, is it right to take the, 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 the crumbs, fall from uh, the children's table, give it to the dogs or the, the bread? And, and she says, yes, it is. And in the Greek, this is interesting because... Usually, the Greek writers, like when someone makes a statement, they'll pat it with saying something like the woman did something or at least the woman said or she said. It doesn't do that. Jesus finishes making that statement, and right away, it's, yes, it is, Lord. Jesus is like, is it, is it right to take the bread that's the children, give it to the dogs? Yes. So I did. She doesn't even skip a beat. She might have even cut Jesus off a little bit. It's like, yes, Jesus, it is. Might have even caused Jesus to take a step back. I think he was surprised by this. She says, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She's saying, if I can just get a crumb of blessing, it's enough to usher the kingdom into my life and into the life of my daughter in my home. I just need a crumb. How does Jesus respond? It says, then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. And we read this story and we see Jesus is testing this woman's faith multiple times. He's trying to see, is she just going to walk away? Or does she actually have a genuine, real faith? And I think God is wondering, do we have a genuine, real faith? Because I've seen it many times as a pastor here uh, where people come in and for a few weeks they'll come to church and they'll pray a few times. And, and, and as soon as they don't get what they're asking for, they don't get maybe what they were. were we're hoping to get from God, and so then they, they, they give up and, and they, they walk away. Then God's wanting to know, do we have a real, genuine faith? And we see in this thing, God is looking for some things. Jesus is looking for some things in this woman's heart. Some, some conditions in this woman's heart before he's willing to answer her prayer. So I want to look at this woman's faith. What are some of the characteristics of this woman's faith that led to the, 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 her prayer request being answered? In other words, um, what are some of the conditions this woman met 
that unlocked God's blessing, the kingdom in her life and for her daughter and for her home. I just want to look at four things with the rest of our time, look at four characteristics of this woman's faith, what this woman did. The first thing is this, if you're taking notes. First thing we see is this woman was explicit. What I mean by that is, is she was explicit in making her request known to Jesus. Now, here's where those of us who have been in church for a while, we might say, well, that's, that's obvious, right? When we go to God in prayer, we, we need to tell God what it is we want. But I'm amazed at how often we don't do that. Maybe we, we, we chalk it up to, well, God knows my heart. Well, God knows every word, you know, that I'm going to say before I say it. And we kind of theologize it away. And I'm, I'm amazed at how many of us just won't go to God and actually be clear, make the space and make the time and create the space to just be explicit with God with what we want. I'll never forget, Danielle and I, one time we were in the kitchen I think she was, like, cooking up some, like, macaroni or something like that, and I was fixing a drawer, and there was somebody we cared about who was in the hospital at the time. And Danielle said, you know, we, we really need to pray for that person. And I said, yeah, yeah, we need to pray for that person. She said, that person needs a lot of prayer. And I said, yeah, you're right, that person needs a lot of prayer. And then she said, I hope we can get some people praying for that person. I said, yeah, you're right. I hope we can get some people praying for that person. And then it dawned on us. Why don't we just stop doing what we're doing and actually pray for that person? Lord Jesus, we care about this person. We know you're a God who can heal. Would you give wisdom to the doctors and would you heal this person and comfort them and their family during this time? Lord, would your hand be on their life? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What? That took not even 10 seconds. But I'm amazed at how often we, we, we don't even do that. We'll run into someone in the hallway and, and, and we'll say, well, I'll pray about that. How often do you go home and pray about that? I, I, I'm somewhat intrigued by this, this fight we have in, our, in ourselves. To be explicit with, with God in the requests we have. James says this, James 4, 2, he says, You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because what? You do not ask. You do not ask God. He's saying, so you, you have desires. There's things you need and want and should be going to God, but you're not. So you end up trying to take matters in your own hands, stirring up quarrels and fights and trying to get what you want. We say, if you would just go to God and just ask and be explicit. <laughs> he says, he's saying, God would help you with that. And, and by the way, this doesn't always have to be something you create time and space for. Sometimes I'm in a meeting with someone, a one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm sitting there and I need wisdom, and I'm just like, Lord, right now, give me wisdom. For, for what to say in this meeting. Or sometimes I'm driving and I'm like, Lord, would you please save that person's crusty soul, right? They cut me off in traffic, right? It's just, you know, explicit talking with, with Jesus. Might sound obvious, but I'm telling you, some of us have that, that fight in us. We're being spiritually lazy in this area of our life. There's no promise that God's going to answer your prayer just because you know he knows what you should be asking for. 
Okay, this woman is very explicit. The second thing we see with this woman is she was persistent. This woman was persistent. We see that. I mean, three times she comes before Jesus and, and, and says, is basically saying, I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep requesting. She's crying out on top of that to, to Jesus and the disciples. We see her persistence. She's not giving up. Okay? We read this in Luke 11. Just, this is Jesus talking. He says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And, and by the way, um, in the Greek, this is in the like, continuous present form. So it, the, the idea really here is keep asking, keep, keep knocking, keep seeking, uh, keep, keep praying. It's the person who keeps on. Jesus is like, you got to be persistent. You got to have some audacity. You got to have some boldness. You, you don't just pray one time, and if you don't, you just give up. You got to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep doing what you've got to do until you receive your answer from, from the Lord. Now, listen, obviously, there's times where God's going to say no to our prayer requests. Uh, Paul, the apostle, right, he prayed three times that God would take the thorn out of his flesh. And he realized God wasn't going to take the thorn out of his flesh. And he says it's because God was going to do something with that challenge in his life that was making him weak. He says, when I am weak, then I am strong. God is able to supernaturally work in my life. And then through this weakness, he's allowed in my life. But here's what I would say to you, friends. Unless God makes it clear to you, the answer is no. You keep asking. You keep seeking. You keep knocking. Suffered with depression for 10 years. Still battle it now. Still battle anxiety now. But in those 10 years, I didn't know how to manage it at all. And I was in a dark, dark, dark pit. And it terrifies me today to think what would have happened if I had given up year one praying, God, help bring me out of this pit. What would have happened if year three, I stopped praying, God, help bring me out of this pit. What would have happened year five, year seven, year nine, if I stopped praying, I have no idea where my life would be at today. Just kept seeking, kept asking, kept knocking. And friends, let me say this, by the way, yes, God let me be in that place, that pit, that wilderness season for 10 years of my life. He was also teaching me amazing things through that. He was leading me to professors, to schools. I didn't go to college because I wanted a job. I went to college because I wanted more of Jesus and I wanted to know my Jesus better. It was God who used that in my life to put the right people in my life, to teach me how to manage it, to show me things that has helped me to be the man I am today. And I say that because some of you, you are praying, don't give up. There might be a light at the end of your tunnel. And in the process, God might be doing something as you are walking through the wilderness with him. This woman was persistent. She wasn't going to give up. The third thing we see about this woman is she was humble. This woman humbles herself. I think we can acknowledge that. We read this story. We see her humility. Jesus is trying to challenge her pride. He's trying to elicit her pride and see, are you going to walk away? Are you going to give up on me? 
And he's trying to draw that out of her. This woman, just she remains, she remains humble. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you would say you really struggle with pride? You'd say, like, I really struggle with pride. Uh, you know, I, if things don't go my way, I get angry, I get bitter, I even get mad at God uh, when things don't go my way. You know, say, I struggle with pride. That's okay. We, if that's you, we can pray for you. There's prayer for that. How many of you would say, I kind of struggle with pride? You know, every once in a while, yeah, I find myself, if I don't get what I want and life doesn't go my way and God's not doing what I want him to do, I get a little upset. That's you. That's okay. We can pray for you. There's prayer for that. How many of you in here would say, no, I'm pretty humble? Because if that's you, we really need to pray for you. (laughs) You're like, I'm humble and nobody's going to tell me I'm not. And we really are going to need to pray for you. Because here's the thing, we all struggle with this. Right? We all struggle with pride. Especially as Americans, we struggle with pride. In America, let's just be honest, we might talk about humility, but we really do consider pride a virtue. We want to see pride and arrogance in our leaders. We do. We, we consider that strength. We've seen in our politicians. I hear people watching movies where the character's arrogant. Oh, I just love their arrogance. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that about a movie character. We like that in our athletes. We consider it a strength. These are people who get things done, we think. And then how do we think about humble people, lowly people? We kind of think, oh, that's a weakness. I'm not sure that person can get the job done. They're humble. They're lowly. But that might be how America works. Listen, in God's economy, it is, it is, it is the reverse. The Bible is clear that the people who God is willing to help, to fight for, who don't have to try to get things done on their own, are the humble. The Bible says this in many, many places. One example is 1 Peter 5.5. 5. It says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. You could also add towards God there. Because God opposes the proud but shows favor to who? He shows favor to the humble. He shows favor to those who humble themselves before, before God. And again, this gives in to this feeling. Am I going to give in to my feelings? And am I going to forsake Jesus because I've seen it over and over? People don't get what they want, and God doesn't answer their prayer in their timing, and so they walk away. Or am I going to continue humbling myself before God and walking by faith? When I first became a Christian, I, was, I didn't realize how prideful I was. It was still, God, do what I want you to do. And like a bronco that has to be broken, God had to break me. I had to learn the posture of God. Here I am. I am yours. The world does not revolve around me. It revolves around you. I am yours. I am the clay. You are the potter. Do with me as you will. And friends, I'm telling you, that was when my God started to show up and fight for me. It was not in my pride. I'm going to do what I want to do, God. I want you to do everything I want you to do. It was when I humbled myself, said, I'm willing, God, to do what you want me to do. That was when God showed up and started to fight for my life. Because he fights for the humble. He answers this woman's request, and I believe a big part of that. What what would happen if she walked away? I'm offended. 
Her daughter would have been demon-possessed when she came home. This is definitely one of the conditions this this woman met that Jesus answered in, in in her life, okay? So she was explicit. She was persistent. This woman was humble, but last, she was courageous. This woman was bold. I think we can all see that this woman was, was, was somewhat fearless coming before Jesus. I mean, I can't imagine in front of the disciples and other people coming and kneeling before Jesus, saying, Jesus, I'm not going away. There is a boldness and an audacity. Just because you are humble does not mean you have to be timid. This woman is humble, and this woman is bold. There's a courage in, in, in this woman, okay? Um, I love this story because we see that this is just a, a person who's not willing to give up and do whatever it takes um, to have her prayer request met. And I know I say this every week. I'm going to sound like a broken record. That I, I was thinking about that. Why am I saying this every week? I think it might be because something the Spirit is trying to tell our church. But we have people who are willing to line up here every single week and pray for you. And did you know that Intercessory prayer is a gift, a spiritual gift that some people have. Did you know that? Did you know the gift of healing is a gift that some people have? And you might wonder, why does God do that? Why can't I just individually pray and get why? Because I think God wants us living in community. And he's going to give some people some gifts. He's going to give other people some gifts so that we have to come together and learn how to do life together and be blessed through one another. And he gives some people, the people who have signed up to pray here. We just had a story this last week. Somebody who had our prayer team pray for their back who was having major back pain and said, uh, my, my back pain is gone. This is a board member, by the way, giving me this testimony. Does it take a little courage to come forward after a service and ask for prayer? Yeah, it does. So maybe you've never done that. It like terrifies the thought of coming forward and other people being around, coming forward for prayer. But what I would say to you is, listen, you can be safe or you can have faith, but you can't have both. You can play it safe. And always be comfortable. Or you can have faith and step out in courage, but you can't have both. God is looking to see, are we going to be courageous? Are we going to be willing to maybe come forward? And I have a prayer request for a child or a grandchild or a health issue or whatever the issue. Am I willing to come forward and receive prayer like for that? I want to challenge you to do that. You know, as we end, I, I, I want to tell you this story. I just heard um, recently about a man who dies and he goes to heaven and he meets uh, St. Peter, right? And, and Peter starts giving this man a tour of heaven. And as they're, they're walking through heaven, this man sees a warehouse, and he says, Peter, what's in that warehouse? Um, and um, Peter says, you don't, you don't want to know what's in that warehouse, trust me. You don't want to know what's in the warehouse. He says, oh, now I really want to know what's in the warehouse. What is in that warehouse? He says, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure, Okay. So, so Peter takes him into the warehouse, and they open up the warehouse. And in this warehouse, he sees all these boxes with people's names on them. And so naturally, he runs to his box to find the one that has his name on it. And he opens up his box. And in that box are all the blessings, answered prayers, 
the favors that God would have done for this person had he only asked, had he only been explicit, had he only been persistent, had he only been humble, had he only been a little more courageous. Friends, I love you too much to not challenge you to pray (laughs) and to experience all that God has for you and all that God wants for you. This is, Jesus went to the cross for this Gentile woman and and, and Jesus went to the cross for Gentiles like you so that through his blood we can come boldly before the throne of God and make our prayer requests known. Don't miss out. If you haven't seen your prayer answered just yet, hang in there. Sometimes that's all we got to do is just hang in there. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to close this by doing this. I will close this in prayer, but I want to give you an opportunity um, just to have some quiet time. So the music plays over us and, and pray. And if there's anything specifically that God's putting on your heart, any need that you have, maybe for a child, a grandchild, maybe someone that you know is suffering right now and needs some help, Maybe for our community <laughs> that could use some help and the peace we want. Now take this time right now, just bow your heads and, and connect your heart with God and be explicit in your prayer with Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we can come before you and make our requests known that you hear us, that you love us, that you've done everything necessary so that we can spend eternity with you, but also receive your blessings in the here and now. I know there's some of us here today that are struggling. and Some of us here who have maybe grown weary (laughs) and our faith is hanging on by a a thread. Lord, I just want to pray that you would breathe life, breathe faith into us today. Encourage us and strengthen our faith that we can carry on. Not our feelings, what our feelings are telling us, but what your word tells us, Lord. There are some here today, you know, a child who needs prayer. And Lord, we're going to just lift that, our soul, and we're going to lift their soul up to you this morning. God, that you would do a work. You know what the problem is. You know what the solution is, God. We lift that person up to you today. For some of us, it's a health issue and we need healing in our bodies. Yes, we know our bodies at some point will give way, but there are people, I believe, that right now, maybe in this room, that you want to heal. And so, God, we hand our bodies even over to you. If there's depression or there's 
anxiety, Lord, we hand that over to you today as well. Ask the Lord, help us. Teach us how to manage it the best we can and how to grow through the process. God, some of us, it's financial. We lift our financial situation over to you. Just knowing you're our great provider, we ask that you would take care of us. We lift our community up to you, our nation, our world up to you. Bring peace and healing. God, I'd pray for our ministry. Maybe not an official professional ministry, but just our witness to those outside of this church. God, I pray you would bless that and increase that in all of our lives for your glory. And God, maybe there's someone here today who needs to connect their heart with you for the first time. I pray you would connect that heart with your heart, that that person would experience you and your power by your spirit and would come alive in the name of Jesus. So God, we give this all over to you and ask for your blessing in this place, your favor. We want as much as we can get. We want more of you. Oh, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends. Well, now we get an opportunity to worship God. So I'm going to ask if, uh, <laughs> if you can, let's stand up and let's worship together.